So is this kind of like Google for drug research? Yeah, yeah, you could definitely think about it like that. This enables researchers to basically take the results of an experiment um, and then kind of in an automated way read through essentially all of the research literature that's available on the PubMed library, um, as well as some new stuff that we're adding as we speak. We've already had some very good feedback um, from SLU researchers, as well as the WashU researchers who actually invented the software um, a few years ago. I'm Sarah Fetsky. This is St. Louis on the Air. One of the most troubling mysteries of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic involves quote-unquote long haulers. These are people who fight off a COVID-19 infection. They no longer test positive for having the virus, but they continue to suffer a bewildering array of symptoms, often for months on end. Physicians have struggled to explain why or to know how to treat them. Now, a St. Louis biotech startup doesn't have the answers just yet, but it's working on them. And joining us today to share about those efforts and the company's overall mission is Allison Mayer. She's a computational biologist for Perchaya. Allison, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So Perchaya, uh, this startup, is focused on scientific breakthroughs in the realm of drug discovery. How do you do that work? Yeah, so um, two of the biggest problems in drug discovery that um, we're trying to help with is that um, the drug discovery process is very long, very expensive, and oftentimes it's very difficult to get the right answer on the first shot. Um, and then on the second hand, there's there's just such a sheer quantity of data out there that um, we saw this as an opportunity to develop some software tools that could help researchers um, identify new um, findings within their research data and then more directly um use these patterns to take it to the drug discovery process. So these are findings that are already out there. You're just figuring out, okay, this could help with this problem? Yeah. So our software, it is built by incorporating many different knowledge sources, um, the first of which was by feeding in essentially all of the research literature that's available on the PubMed library. Um, as well as some new stuff that we're adding as we speak. And then this enables researchers to basically take the results of an experiment um, and then kind of in an automated way read through everything, hmm. find these new connections that have maybe sort of been pointed out, but maybe connections that a human wouldn't immediately identify and then pursue these in their research. So is this kind of like Google for drug research? Yeah, yeah, you could definitely think about it like that. Um, and just since biology is so, it's such a different language, um, you know, there's so much information, it kind of requires a whole different method to really identify the best um, topic to pursue within your results. Mm -hmm. I saw a quote you gave where you said, we could solve any problem out there if we could analyze the data properly. You really think that's true for just about any product? The answers are out there. We just need <laughs> to find, you know, that they're already written and might apply to the problem we're looking at? I think it's, it's possible. There's definitely a lot of data out there. I mean, I remember when I was in graduate school, 
the amount of data that I just generated, and I remember thinking that I definitely missed some stuff if hmm. I had a better tool to um, to really maximize what I was getting out of my data um, or piece it together with someone else's data who maybe had the other half of the problem, we could find out a whole bunch of information that we currently don't know. Hmm. So give me an example of this. What's something that Perchaya researched and, and did were you able to come up with the solution there within the data that you were searching? Yeah. So uh, one of our something, this is actually now published now. This is from a WashU lab. Um, but one of the things that our software does really well is not only identifying these new um, connections and um, new results within your experiment, but also comparing things. So um, one of the big challenges in drug discovery is, um, as many people probably know, you don't start out doing um, work in humans. You, most researchers are working in either a dish of cells or a mouse model. Um, and trying to identify something in that that actually applies to human biology is a really tricky problem. Um, nobody wants to develop a drug that works for mice but not for humans. Mm-hmm. So the software was actually able to identify um, really key biological signatures within this mouse model. It was actually of Crohn's disease. And then by comparing it to some human data that we also had, specifically hone in on the signature in the mouse model that would actually be relevant to study. And that meant the researchers could test that more easily going back into their mouse model and um, testing with novel drugs that might be eventually useful for humans. Hmm. So you're able to just cut out a lot of wasted time, just cut straight to the quick. Exactly. So you're you're particularly excited right now about what you could do for these COVID-19 long haulers. How would you see this type of software being able to help with that? It's, it, that feels like a problem where we don't have the solutions within the data yet. Am I wrong about that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of unknown on that. And just also based on the fact that this is such an ongoing and emergent, emerging problem. Um, but this, so we have a collaboration for this COVID project between Perchaya and um, some researchers at Washington University. So this was a really good partnership, I think, because WashU not only is a top-class research institute, but also has a lot of, um, is a, a great medical center with some more clinical data that they're collecting from COVID patients. So combining that with the software that Perchaya has an ability to compare things, knit data together, mm-hmm. um, we are working on trying to piece together as much information as possible to find um, new insights on COVID and then maybe match these up with um, some drugs that could be helpful for the COVID long haulers. Hmm. So are you seeing promising things? I know it's still the beginning of this, um, this particular effort. Yeah, we're still in the middle of analyzing everything, um, but I am really hopeful based on the amount of data that we have and the stuff that we're I'm about to incorporate, I think there's a good chance that we could identify at least some promising drug candidates that maybe have not yet been identified as potential therapies um, and then um, get into some testing to see whether those would make sense to pursue. Hmm. So what kind of timeline are you on for that uh, the long haulers project? Uh, we are hoping to have um, some results by the summer. Um, yeah, still in the middle of analyzing, so 
uh, hope maybe we'll be surprised or uh, maybe we'll take it into a different direction that might take a bit longer. But I think by the mm. summer we'll have an idea of, of uh, whether we have some targets to pursue. Well, it's great to see people paying attention to that. I know that's such a, a troubling problem, and the people who suffer from it, they feel like nobody, nobody's doing anything about it. You're saying, hey, we're going to put this, this computational genius to bear on this. We're, we're going to find something here. Yeah, definitely. So that's in, in association with Washington University. I understand you guys also have a partnership going forward with St. Louis University. You announced last week that you're going to train scholars there to use your software in their own research. How do you see them applying this? Would it be different um, than maybe a professional would be doing? Yeah, um, I think our software is actually, it's very flexible. Um, we think of this as we call it an augmented intelligence software. So um, it does a lot of things to make the research process uh, faster for the scientists, but it could be used in a lot of different ways, um, including sort of like for this COVID project where we're trying to knit together tons of different data sets, or it could be even used on um, just one simple experiment trying to uh, find the best results. So I think mm-hmm. it will be definitely useful for SLU researchers. We've already had some very good feedback um, from SLU researchers, as well as the WashU researchers who have already been using the software, um, and already some publications from the WashU side. So I'd expect lots of great findings from SLU as well. Hmm. So for the business model of Perchaya, are you selling the software or you're selling the insights that you're able to put together from using it? Yeah, so our software is available for use um, that can be purchased as a as a as a software by a company or um, an academic group. But we are also using it as uh, internally for our own R and D projects and for collaborations with other researchers. So hmm. in that respect, we are doing some of the work ourselves and kind of providing the insights as well. So you've made me curious about this company, uh, Prachaya. How many of you are are there at this point? Uh, I think we've got 10 of us, but uh, that's a little misleading because we have such strong collaborations with other groups that are helping with uh, the development of this, like our software engineers. Um, And then we're also still very closely knitted with the WashU researchers who actually invented the software a few years ago. Okay. Now, I know for you, you got your PhD from WashU. This was in 2018. Uh, you were doing research focused on cardiovascular um, and me- metabolic systems. How do you go? How did you go from there to the work you're doing with Prachaya? Yeah. So, yeah, my PhD was very uh, much focused more on the bench science. But towards the end of my PhD, I was doing a lot more um, heavy data processing trying to make sense of just massive amounts of data. So that got me very interested in taking it a bit more that direction. Um, And then it was really something that I saw as um, one of the biggest needs in research is Hmm. making sure that the findings that um, that people come up with are maximally used to um, turn those into discoveries and cures. So that's how I decided that I wanted to kind of go that route. So the company's mission, it, it sounds like this was something you were moving towards. You you saw the need for this in the work you were doing. Yeah, I, I uh, met with some of the people from the company, and it just was a really good fit of what I believed I wanted to do to help 
um, in the world and then what they also were working on. Hmm. So the company is based in the the Cortex District that's there on the edge of the Central West End. Um, I imagine Mm -hmm. things are a little different with COVID right now, but that seems like such a hub for innovation. Do you feel like you're, um, you're building off that energy in that district? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, so we're all working from home still until we have a vaccine. Um, but it was a really great place to work just, um, you know, right next door to all sorts of other people doing a lot of other biotech or tech startups, um, you know, right between flu and WashU. So there's tons of energy and it also made it just so easy to collaborate with other people in the area to just do a lot more than we'd be able to do ourselves. Hmm. So, so you're just itching to get back Zoom to the office? To... Is that uh... <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Everybody's yeah, ready I think to. We're all really itching for that. I imagine this is work you probably can do remotely, but you just can't replace that collaboration you get in person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're lucky that we can do everything remotely, but just not quite the same as if we were next to each other. Well, I hope for your sake that vaccine will be um, coming to your arms soon. And and I hope in the meantime, you guys can continue this great research that you're doing and and find some answers for these long haulers. So um, Allison Mayer, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.